Hello, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word. Thanks for being with me today. When I was a kid, I remember learning to pray, and we would pray at, at mealtimes, and we would pray what we Lutherans call the common table prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let thy gifts to us be blessed. And uh, this was back in the day when phones hung on the wall. And I remember the, the we had just sat down for dinner, and I was really looking forward to eating, and the phone rang. Uh, I ran over and I grabbed it, I answered it, and I said, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let thy gifts to it. You know, I just went, brain dead. And, uh, um, and as I think back on that moment, it strikes me that sometimes when we pray, we pray in a manner that's kind of thoughtless. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person to experience that. Uh, after all, you and I are not the first Christians to ever walk this walk of faith. And there is some wisdom that we can learn from what our forebearers did in terms of helping them to focus on prayer. They had this tool that they used that was called fasting. Now, fasting today, you might fast if you have to have blood work done before you go to the doctor. Um, but on the whole, the idea of fasting is something that, at least among us, uh, you know, more Protestant brand Christians, something that it, it's really rather uncomfortable. It's not like it's required. You don't have to do it. So why would I put myself through it? But the purpose for fasting is actually to help us to focus on prayer. And it, it struck me, you know, when I was thinking about devotion, because we're working with this definition of devotion that I got from Dr. David Schmidt that says that devotion is a deep reverence of an individual for a particular article of the Christian faith. And then it's expressed variety of contemplative and, and active practices that manifest the working of the Spirit in that time and in that place, it, it struck me that Jesus actually talks about his disciples, his followers, fasting. Uh, at one point in uh, Luke chapter 5, you can read about how he was tested by the Pharisees and they asked, you know, hey, our people fast and your disciples don't fast. Uh, what's going on with that? And he responds to them, Can you make a wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days are coming when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. And I, I find that interesting. It's not, you know, they might fast if they feel like it. They, you know, it, it's something that, yeah, yeah. It's not really important or not necessary. Jesus seems to expect that his followers will, as one of their spiritual practices, fast. That they will abstain from food for a period of time. And as we read through the scriptures, as we read through uh, commentaries on the ancient scriptures, we find that the purpose for fasting is to kind of 
disconnect from the world in order to focus on the things of God. And in this particular case, as I talk about prayer and fasting, it's that we would focus on Jesus so that our prayers would be less distracted, less thoughtless, more thoughtful. So having said that, I do want to acknowledge that there is a danger in practicing spiritual disciplines, in practicing works of devotion, uh, or things that look like works of devotion. Because I, I believe that if there's a manifestation of the Spirit going on here that leads us into prayer and fasting or any of these other types of devotional habits, we're, we're going to avoid this. But we, we do have this old sinful nature that clings to us. And that sinful nature likes to look important. It likes to look like it's doing the right things. And so we're often tempted by the devil and in our own pride to see, to see these disciplines, to see these devotional habits uh, as ways that we earn something good from God. Now, we're not usually so crass as we would think that we're somehow earning our salvation, although sometimes people do think along those lines. But when we engage in these things, there is a part of us that's tempted to think that because we do these devotional habits, that maybe we're a little bit more worthy of God's favor, or maybe you know God's going to bless us because of what we've done. Uh, we we like to hold on to this idea that there's something that we have to do so that God will do good things for us instead of simply trusting that he is our loving heavenly father who likes to bless us and to do good for us. So having said that, um, we are going to take a moment to look at fasting and remember that fasting is about our relationship with Jesus. So Jesus actually speaks to this in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. That's getting back at that temptation that I was talking about just a second ago. There's something about us that we, we want to be seen, we want to be noticed, we want to be recognized. And Jesus says, you know, those people who they look gloomy and they, you know, hey, I'm fasting and so on and so forth. When they get the response of the people around them, they've gotten their reward. And it's, it's not this deep, rich faith relationship that we're looking for. It's the honors and the accolades of the people around us. Oh, look at how spiritual they are. So we want to avoid that. So when people are devoted to prayer and fasting, they give up food for a period of time in order to focus their hearts and minds on prayer. In a sense, they're, they're looking ahead to when Jesus returns. You know, the bridegroom has been taken from us. And so we have this period of time where we think about him and speak to him because he has given us this gift of prayer and fasting helps us to disconnect from the world to be focused on him. So I want to suggest maybe two types of fasting. And even before I do that, another another caveat, another disclaimer. 
Um, for health reasons, you know, there are some people who should probably really talk to a doctor before they attempt fasting. Um, I'm thinking of people who are diabetic, um, pregnant women, uh, if you're really ill, uh, if you're healthy, fasting is generally a very safe activity, um, even if it might be a little bit uncomfortable for us. So the first type of fast that I would like to suggest is a simple 24-hour fast. But having said that, we have to acknowledge something very different about how we modern people look at our day compared to how people in the scriptures, people in the Bible looked at the day. Remember that in Genesis chapter 1, uh, it says that there was evening and there was morning, and then it gives the day and the number. For the Jewish person, for the early Christians, the day begins in the evening. So when, when I think of this fasting, um, I, a lot of times people, they try to uh, eat dinner and then go through the whole day and come around back to breakfast you know, after that. Um, that's actually about a 32-hour fast, which can be done, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes people say, what are the rules for fasting? Eh, don't eat, don't, maybe don't drink. It's up to you. Um, there's a lot of freedom in this. But uh, if you do a 24-hour fast in a biblical model, I, I think you can make a pretty good argument that you eat dinner, and then you don't have any snacks in the evening. You go to bed and you, you spend some time in prayer in the evening. And then the next day, throughout the day, you spend time focusing on prayer and maybe reading some scripture and things like that. And then uh, at the end of the day, you eat dinner as your breakfast. Uh, it, it's, it's really not that difficult. It's not that onerous. And traditionally, Christians have done this on Wednesdays and Fridays. Now, the Friday uh, is pretty obvious why Christians might choose to do that uh, day of the week for a fast. That's the day that Jesus was crucified for us. Wednesday is a little less clear to me why they chose that day as a day of fasting. Uh, the research that I did said that there were a lot of people uh, who said we chose Wednesday because that's the day Judas uh, betrayed Jesus. But uh, as I go through the week, Judas betrayed Jesus. Jesus on a Thursday. Um, so I'm a little bit confused by that. Uh, and then uh, I also read something that said that there was a uh, weekly feast to uh, Mercury, I believe it was, that was kind of this debauchery type of a, of a thing. And the church chose to put this fast in opposition to that feast. And uh, I, I could see that being something that the church would do but a little bit harder for me to see, you know, okay, that's definitely why we do that. But Wednesdays and Thursdays are traditionally days that Christians have fasted. Um, and if you've never done this before, maybe maybe pick one and, and give it a shot and see how it goes. The other time that I like for fasting is Sunday morning. Notice I don't say Sunday all day, but the idea here is that you would um, have your normal dinner on Saturday evening. Uh, you would have your, your normal Saturday evening. And then when you get up in the morning on Sunday, you don't eat breakfast because you want the first things that you eat that day to be the Lord's Supper. Um, and when you think about the days of the week and the biblical numbering, the first day of the week is Sunday. So... 
I think that there's something kind of mentally significant to us, maybe spiritually significant to us to say, I'm not only going to start that day by the first thing I eat being bread and wine that deliver Jesus' body and blood to me because the word of God is connected to them for the forgiveness of my sins. But the first thing that we eat that week is Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So uh, give it a shot. If you feel like uh, letting me know how that goes for you, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, other than that, I wish you God's blessings. Have a great day. Have a great week. And if this is something that was helpful to you, um, maybe share it. Uh, you can rate it and review it on uh, uh, on iTunes, and uh, um, I think you can do that on YouTube as well. Give it a thumbs up or whatever if you like, uh, and uh, if not, that's okay too. Uh, but God's blessings to you, and I'll see you again next week. Mm -hmm.